name of the Lord. For he is the one that has given us this day. And as we are gathering at his feet and in his presence. Our confidence is that in healing. He will heal someone. Amen. In delivering. He will deliver someone. Hallelujah. And in saving. He will save many. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We want to thank. Our vicar. And the chaplaincy. For this opportunity to bring the word of God. And as you know. Our general theme for the year remains. Be strong. And never be discouraged. There will be reward for your work. Hallelujah. Be strong. And when you are told to be strong, you know what that implies. And when you are encouraged never to be discouraged, you know what that implies. Hallelujah. God is looking up to us as he continues to grant us grace to be strong. Hallelujah. Never to be discouraged, no matter the circumstances. Let us pray together. And so, Father, we give you thanks and praise for another opportunity. For your word. Lord, may your word bring life and not condemnation. Lord, may your word bring help and not discouragement. Lord, may your word, O oh God, engage each and every one of us even this hour. At the very point of our needs. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Ijuru eli gwejuwa. Odigonye dikage. Ijuru eli gwejuwa. Odigonye dikage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This one we just sang. We dashed the vicar. Vicar receive it in Jesus name. You know, let us not just sing as religious people. Let us sing as God's children. And let us think about what we are singing. Amen? Simply says, I know your works. I know your works. And it is the Lord speaking, the one who fills the earth, fills the heavens, fills the deepest of depths, the one before whom nothing is hidden. 
want us to read scripture together. We are, we are going to do congregational reading. We will start from reading from Psalm 139. Psalm 139. We are going to read it together. Whether you have hard copy Bible or whether you have soft copy Bible, let's stand together. As we stand together, we are going to read together. Read from whatever version you have. What I have here is New King James Version. And I'm going to read from that version. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Psalm 139. And as we read, I'd like for you to flow with it. I'd like for you to contemplate what you're reading one to go the lord has kept me and known me you know my sitting down and my rising up you understand my thoughts afar you comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways for there is not a word in my tongue but behold O lord you know it all together you have heard me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I send into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts, even the night shall delight about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Hallelujah. For you are formed in my inward parts. Covered me in my mother's womb. Praise you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that your soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of earth, your eyes saw my substance, being yet informed. And your book, they are all rich. There is passion for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. It should come They should be more in number than the sun. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you will slay the wicked, O God. Part from me, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord? Who hates you? And do I not loot those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God. Search my heart. And know my anxieties. See if there is any wicked way. This is the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us take our seats. I know your works. 
know your works. The Lord speaking. He is saying to you as you are listening, listening to his word this morning. I know your works. And when you look at that thing, two major words stand out. Know and work. Knowing the way only God can know. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 139 that we read. From this God, where can you hide? Is it in hell? Is it in the darkest of darkness? Where can you run away that he will not see you? He is the omnipotent one, not just the omnipotent one. He is the omniscient one. He knows all things. And he is the all-present one. There is no hiding from him. There is no place you can run to and he will not see you. There is nothing that you will do that he will not know. And this is the kind of knowing that we are talking about. Perfect knowing. Knowing all knowledge. Knowing all things. Before him everything is open and manifest. When you talk about works. Oh this includes if you like everything. It includes your thoughts and my thoughts. My imaginations and your imaginations. The contemplations of our hearts. Because the things we do outwardly, we first do within. True or false? Because it is out of the abundance of your heart. It is out of the worldview that you hold, the values that you hold, that you act. And so talking, when the scripture talks about works, your works, the scripture is also talking about your labors, your activities, your pursuits. The things you do for a living, your vocation. All these are part of the works that the scripture is talking about. It's talking about your deeds, your conduct, your lifestyle. It's talking about your open secrets and your secret secrets. Hallelujah. Your commitments, your relationships. Like I said the other time, there are basically running in a man's life. Three kinds of relationships. The first one is the inherited relationship. You do not determine who becomes your mommy, do you? You do not determine who becomes your daddy. You are born and you are born with it. That is inherited relationship. There is also, you know, two other levels of relationship. The other one is conferred relationship. The relationships that come to you because of where you are. Because of where you work. Because of who your neighbor is. The situations of life. Your vocation. Your profession. They confer this on you. There is nothing you can do about that. Then there is the last one. The acquired relationship. These are the relationships you enter into on your own. The wife you marry, nobody forced you. But it's urgent that were you forced to marry that baby? I wasn't forced to marry my own. I decided that among the over 2 billion women in the world, as at the time I married my wife, that she was the one I was going to marry. Because I felt the Lord so led me. The Lord could lead you and you say, Chinekechere small. 
But he can lead you and you agree to flow with this lady. That is acquired relationship. In all these things, whether they are inherited, whether they are conferred, whether you entered into them yourself, you see that all these relationships have a way of driving your life, driving your relationship, driving your everyday situation. And all this God is saying, I know. Hallelujah. Did your husband slap you last night? God knows. Did you jolly jolly with your husband, with your wife last night? The Lord knows. And one thing with God is that there is nothing hidden. He's interested in the small things of your life. He's interested in the big matters of your life. He's interested in everything. And because he is omniscient. Because he is everywhere. He's saying, I know. Hallelujah. The Lord, your works includes your sufferings, the challenges you go through in life. The victories, the battles you go through. Even the failures you go through. One man said, Somebody who has succeeded is somebody who has learned how to overcome failures. Hallelujah. So even in this life, the works, like the Lord speaking to the seven churches of Asia Minor, He knew them. He knew their works. He knew their labors. Everything were clear and manifest to Him. Do you know also the Lord knows your joys? Your leisures, the time you celebrate. Do you know also the Lord knows when you sin? Even when you cover those sins with your lies. The Lord does what? Knows. All these works, all these works, the Lord knows. Where we read our text for today's service is in Ephesians, sorry, in Revelations chapter 3. I think we read from verses 1 to 8 or something. But, verse 3, verse 8 was picked out of Revelation chapter 3. And the, the Lord was there saying to the Philadelphian church, please, let's go there, just briefly. Revelation 3, look at verse 8. Are you there? Let's take it from verse 7. He says, And the angel, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. This one is not Philadelphia and USA. They borrowed it from this one. He said, These things say he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. Hallelujah. And in verse 8 he says. I know your works. See. I have set before you an open door. And no one can shut it. For you have a little strength. But you have kept my word. And have not denied my name. Hallelujah. You can read on and on. And here, that expression, I know your works, actually ran through 
the seven churches. Whether it is the church in Ephesus. In Revelation 2 verse 2. The Lord said to the church in Ephesus. I know your works. Even to the church in Smyrna. In Revelation 2 verse 9. The Lord said to them. I know your works. Even the church in Pergamos. In Revelation 2 verse 13. The Lord still said the same thing. I know your works. The same the church in Thyatira. In 2 verse 19. Says to them. I know your works. Even the church in Sardis. In Revelation 3 verse 1. The Lord still said to them. I know your works. And then to the church in Philadelphia. Where we read. He said to them. I know your works. Then to the church in Laodicea. In Revelation 3.15. He still said. I know your works. Bible scholars and theologians will tell you. They will do an extrapolation to say. These seven churches. Of Asia Minor. Are typical. They typify. The kind of churches you could ever have. Meaning that the Lord is saying to the church universal. Saying to the global church. I know your works. Nothing about you is hidden from me. And there is something about God. And I like the word of God. When God speaks to you. He doesn't just kick off speaking to you. He lays a background. And before the Lord started speaking to these seven churches, he laid a background. And it was on the basis of that background that he could then speak to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are many of them. But let me just mention a few, then I rush on. And so for you to make full sense of what the Lord was saying to these seven churches... You need to start looking at that scripture from chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. You find that first the Lord came to John the elder. John the divine. While he was suffering persecution and separation in the island of Patmos. On the Lord's day, he came to him speaking. And when you look at the way the Lord described himself, for instance, he said to John, the one that is speaking to you, hallelujah, is the one who was dead, who was, who is, and who is to come. Hallelujah. The one who was, the one, who is and the one who is to come. And he said to him, the one that is speaking to you, the one that is giving you this message, is faithful. Hallelujah. Meaning that you can count on what he's saying to you. You can count on what the Lord is saying to you. Even as the Lord is speaking to us each one this morning, we can count on what he is saying to us. And he said to John, I am the firstborn from the dead. The scripture 
says that the Lord Jesus has tasted death for every man. And that he is the first fruit of them that sleep. Hallelujah. He died and he was raised. One day I am going to die. But one day I'm going to be raised. I don't know about you. Oh, if the Lord will open your eyes fully, touch your heart to understand exactly what Christianity is about. One day I am going to die. One day you are going to die. I am not afraid of the day I am going to die. Because that day I am going to die will be for good. Because that day when I die, I am reserved for eternal glory. Because I am in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. The Lord introduced himself. He said, I am the ruler over the kings of the earth. I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. I am the Lord Almighty. He is the one whose voice sounds like trumpets. He is the one whose voice is like the voice of many waters. Meaning you can't miss it when he speaks. He speaks in power. He speaks with authority. Hallelujah. He is the one, yes. He once lived, he died. But he's alive forevermore. Hallelujah. He is the one who has not just the key of David. He has the key of um, of, of uh, Hades and death. That place that people dread to go. One man of God said, Hell, the door is open today. Because the Lord has taken the key. He has opened it and he has taken the key. Hallelujah. He is the one when he opens, no man can shut. When he shuts, no man can open. It's possible for you to be wondering, why am I going through this route? The way you respect what is spoken to you usually depends on the person who spoke to you. True or false? And so the one who spoke to the churches and who is speaking to us today, he is the Lord God Almighty. And God is so strict about his standards is that he will do what he will do. None of his words shall fall to the ground. None of his words shall fall to the ground. The other thing you are going to notice. In the churches that the Lord spoke to. Four things you will see there. First, identification. For all the seven churches he confirmed that they are his own. Hallelujah. The Lord doesn't just speak in this line just to anybody. He only speaks to his own in this way. Number two, he speaks commendation. First, before the Lord will begin to point out where you are failing for these seven churches, he first spoke about where they are doing well. Hallelujah. We are going to take one or two examples. Next, he upbraids. That is, he challenges you where you are not doing well. He corrects you. And number four and finally, he brings encouragement and hope. How do I know a great prophet of God? How do 
someone is speaking the mind of God. Is someone whom after he has brought the word of identification. Brought the word of commendation. Goes ahead to challenge us where we are not getting it right. And then goes ahead to show us what we need to do. The biblical meaning of the prophet is not somebody who knows your phone number. Or someone who knows the color of your undies. No, that's not the prophetic understanding. The biblical understanding of a prophet. A prophet is somebody who speaks to the people of God. So that he could bring them from their points of departure to where they departed from God. He's a man who speaks to the people of God. Restoration. He is that man, that woman who brings to the people of God. Announces to them where they are not doing well. Because God sees all things. And God knows all things. But he doesn't stop there. She doesn't stop there. He goes ahead to show you how to return to God. How to do the things that you need to do. Hallelujah. And when God speaks. He doesn't mean. I want us to take one or two examples. And then we'll be on the home run. Amen. I know your works. I know your works. The Lord said the same thing. To all the churches. Of Asia Minor. Let's take the first example. In, Ephesians, sorry, in Revelation chapter 2. Are you there? Are you there? He said to the angel of the church of Ephesus write. These things say he who holds the seven stars in his right hand. And who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. He said I know your works. Your labor. Your patience. And that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles. And are not. And have found them liars. Verse 3. And you have persevered. Hallelujah. You have patience. And have labored for my name's sake. And have not become weary. Verse 4. Then he says. Nevertheless. I have this against you. That you have left your first love. Hallelujah. And from there the Lord went ahead to encourage them to return to their first love. Bible scholars and theologians will tell you that one, the church of the New Testament time that's, how do I put it? Was the best in quote was the Ephesian church. Why? Paul spent not, not less than three years there teaching and ministering. And so you see the quality of the efficient church. They were stable. They were strong. They were grounded in the word of God. But the Lord said, I have something against you. You have departed from your first love. What is first love in this context? He said, yes, the zeal with which you started. The firmness with which you started. The push with which you started. Is ebbing out. 
is the Lord speaking to the chapel of his resurrection. The zeal with which you started. The fervency with which you started. Is the Lord speaking to you? That time when you got born again. The zeal with which you started. The fervency with which you started. Is it still there? Because of time I want to take another example. Maybe the last one. Okay. Second to the last one. Revelation chapter 2. Sorry, chapter 3. Are you there? That's the church in Philadelphia. Verse 7. Revelation 3 verse 7. Look at what the Lord said to them. He said, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, This thing says he who is holy. Hmm. Important. Who is true. He who has the key of David. Hallelujah. He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one can open. He says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. And no one can shut it. For you have a little strength. You have kept my word. And have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not. But lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. And to know that I have loved you. Say, because you have kept my command to persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial. Which shall come upon the whole world. To test those who dwell on them. He said, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one can take your crown. For the church in Philadelphia seems just all encouragement, all commendation. Ask me, why is the Lord doing that? So that they will not slack, so that they will not draw back. Hallelujah. One man said that among the seven churches that the Lord spoke to, among the seven churches of Asia Minor, that the church in Philadelphia was the most commended. And if you read through, I think so. And when the Lord commends you, when the Lord is encouraging you, when the Lord is asking you to stay strong, it is because he knows that sufferings may come. Like this church, they persevered. In spite of the challenges that came their way, they persevered. Finally, I'll take the last church, then I'll begin to conclude. Are you there with me? Yes, the Lord is saying, I know your works. I know your works. I know your life. I know your situation. Talking not just to churches. But talking also to individual believers. And if you are not a believer, the Bible says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly appear? You've been in church all your life, but you do not know Jesus as Lord. I pray that the Lord will open your eyes. If you know what you're playing with, one of my friends said, if this God, 
who allowed the Lord Jesus to go to the cross and die, has prepared a place where he will judge those who reject him. He said, no person who loves himself, no reasonable person will want to go there. And there is only way of going to where God has prepared for the sins. It is through Jesus. For he proclaimed and declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to my father except by me. Today, you look around the world. You see many churches like the Laodicean church. Look at Revelation 3 verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, This thing says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich. I have become very wealthy. And I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire, that you may be rich, white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salves that you may see. Many years ago, I was in a place called Raynham, Southeast of London, I went to see somebody. We had some business to discuss. And that same day too, I, I, I had need to rush back into central London to attend a prayer meeting at All Souls Langham Place. And when I was hearing the man that I, was, I needed to rush back to central London, he looked at me. And he called me by my first name. He said, Chike. An Englishman, he said, You, church. He said, What are you doing with church? What are you doing with church? He said, Okay, 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 you are a Nigerian. There is no light, there is no water, the rail is not there. So you need to be harassing God. One of my friends said, One thing he hates about we believers is that we keep disturbing God. We want to eat, we pray. We want to sleep, we pray. Say, when you are doing that, you are disturbing God's concentration. That God is still very busy creating. Where he is one cult man. People have all kinds of ways of thinking about God. But back to the Laodicean church. The Laodicean church. Many churches today are like the Laodicean church. Rich. Church of elites and professionals. Professors, doctors, lawyers. Very rich church. Well decorated church. Oh, fantastic choir. Fantastic band. Even the choir robe is made in London. The church auditorium is rocked wall to wall. 
But when the Lord Jesus came visiting that church in verse 20, the Bible says he was at the western door knocking while they were busy inside doing church. And the Lord is saying, I know. I know your situation. I know your works. With me there is no hiding place. As the Lord is saying this, He's not just speaking to the churches. The Lord is speaking to the universal church. The Lord is speaking to the church in Nigeria. The Lord is speaking to chapel of his resurrection. He says, I know your works. I know where you are. I know how you are carrying on. There is something Anglicans do every Sunday that baffles people like me. Whenever we come to church... One of the on our kachan manibu or si chineke na mefiany de niru anyim benine. Every Sunday your sins are before you. But the Bible says in Jesus Christ that God makes us the righteousness of God. That it is possible for you to stand tall against Satan, against sin, against the world, and against the flesh. But every time. Every day, that person needs help. That person needs help. That's why the church also, the church universal today, including the Anglican church, needs to keep revising our liturgy. Because some of the things we are saying and doing in church, they are giving people false hope. May the Lord deliver us in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, the Lord is saying, I know these things. You cannot hide them from me. Every holy communion service, that's what we say to God. I better. But the first thing, the major thing for which the Lord Jesus went to the cross and died is your sins and mine. So as the Lord is speaking, He's not just speaking to the churches. He's speaking to the nation. A nation like Nigeria. One man said, if God forgives Nigeria, that he will need to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because we have done much more than Sodom and Gomorrah did. We have done all kinds of things. We have shed all kinds of blood. We are a nation in which instead of politicians winning votes, they deliver their constituencies. You know the difference? Yes. You are appreciated in politics. Not because you want votes. But because you were able to deliver your constituency. Unumihe deliver constituency. Imande, mande, mamadu. Ijikuifei. You can buy anybody. You can buy Mahmoud. You can buy, buy anybody. You can buy the judges. Okay, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Amen. But the Lord 
God is saying to Nigeria, I know your works. Let me tell you, God will deliver Nigeria. The challenge of a new Nigeria, God will bring it to pass. But before then, before then, one thing you cannot escape when you are dealing with God. He will deal with your sins. You must confront your sins. Because God doesn't bless you in your sin. I don't have time to talk about Ndibo. But God is speaking to all these people. And finally, do you know, most important to heaven, God is speaking to you. As you're listening to me now, God is speaking to you. God is saying, I know. That woman you slept with, or that man you slept with, who is neither your husband or your wife. God is saying, I know. The fact that you've been hearing the gospel all these years, and you have continued to harden your heart, the Lord is saying, I know. I am seeing. You cannot hide from me. Are you who have been in church all your life? Honored by the church. Yet you have rejected Jesus. The Lord is saying to you. I know. I am seeing. And what he said to the churches is what he is saying to you and me this morning. If you have found yourself in any of those places, return. Return. For in virtually all the messages to the churches, the Lord declared, the end is coming. Hallelujah. The Lord is going to reward every man according to his works. What's the point that you are in church all your life? And you still go to hell. Can you help me ask the person near to you. Whether that is his plans. I want you to help me ask the person. Ask the person are you born again? Ask the person. Are you born again? Shall we bow our heads to pray? Na ipogizo na ria chineke ewo bine kushime yegi chenoti onyina wuya o ipogizo na ria chineke wanem wanem ipogizo na Shinete, ewo, ewo, 
my sister, I'd like for you to speak to the Lord. I'm sure that as we shared God's word, the Lord was whispering to you. Ahagi onona kukwankendo. Ebunke Jesus kebunani on your church. Eleganya ina batara Jesus or tutua fogaraga abatagina Jesus or the kagine no this is a time to make peace with God. And where you have not worked worthy of him, even as a believer, could you talk to him and say, Lord, I am sorry. But grant me the grace to turn a new leaf. And so, Father, we bless you for another opportunity to share your word. Lord, we trust that your word shall not be condemnation to any one of us. But Lord, in keeping you will keep us. And Lord, as many as have not come, your word says that nobody can come to Jesus unless the Father draws him. Father, draw that my brother. Draw that my sister. In the mighty name of Jesus. Cause your conviction to come upon them. And let them, let them bow and come. Lord, strengthen us. Encourage us, each one. That we may remain faithful and advancing. So that Lord in that glorious by and by when the saints go marching in. We also shall be counted in the number. The name of God the Father. God the Son. And the blessed Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, you are-